1: Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com/slash specialoffer. A word of warning: this podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and include some strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast, covering high-profile and under-the-radar cases from across the country every week. I'm your host, Anna Garcia. And our cases this week... A pretty woman with an innocent-looking face on Tinder turns a date into a near-deadly bondage situation. Police say the woman lured an unsuspecting man over to her apartment for consensual sex. But according to police, she bound the man, cut him with a knife, and then she held him hostage. When she fell asleep, the man managed to escape. He ran out naked and bleeding, and his alleged attacker woke up And then chased him and found him in the parking lot and that is where the date ended and the police stepped in. But first, a nurse in the neonatal unit of a hospital is accused of intentionally killing seven babies and attempting to kill another 10 babies. Police say that she injected healthy babies with air bubbles or overdosed them with insulin to kill them. Her murder trial has just begun, and prosecutors say that she is the most prolific serial killer of babies they have ever seen. We are recording this on Thursday, October 13th of 2022. Our guest today is Dr. Kim Davies, a dean of the Pamplin College of Arts, Humanities, and Social Sciences at Augusta University. Dr. Davies specializes in criminology, and she recently published a a book called, and this is brilliant, The Murder Book, Understanding Homicide Today. Welcome, Dr. Davies. You are, I mean, the book, my gosh, you are perfect for us today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be joining you. Oh, we're thrilled to have you and your expertise. Uh, We were talking before we started recording how you also um, are an expert in the area of gender and crime. Um, And today uh, we're dealing with to criminals who are females. So I'll be very curious to get your insight in all of this. You know, the first story we're going to tackle, Dr. Davies, I am very troubled by because the most vulnerable that we have would be a little baby born premature in a neonatal unit to be cared for. And here, according to authorities, we find that the person responsible for torturing and killing them is the nurse on duty who's there to safeguard them. It's sickening. Yeah, it's a horrific case. I mean, we've
0: heard of other angel of deaths, but one where she's killing babies is just over the top, something I haven't seen before. We often hear situations where they're killing older people rather than the very young
1: Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. What an education we're going to get today. So let's dive into this horrific case. Our first case is about a hospital nurse accused of killing seven babies and attempting to kill another 10. Now this case is going on in Manchester, England. The accused nurse has finally been brought to trial because this thing's been going on for years. 32 year old Lucy Letby is being called by prosecutors a serial killer I call her diabolical and evil. I realize presumed innocent until found guilty, but there are seven babies that are dead and other babies who have suffered consequences allegedly at her hands. The BBC reports that she tried to kill one baby three times. This is insanity. This is insanity. Okay, let, let, I'll do a little bit more detail, doctor, and then you can jump in here. She is accused of killing healthy babies who she was supposed to be caring for. In one case, the mother of the baby walked in on the nurse, allegedly. At this point, she is allegedly killing the baby, but the mom didn't know what she was seeing. The mother thought that she saw a nurse tending to her baby, but that is not at all what What happened? She is pleaded not guilty to murdering five baby boys, two baby girls at the Countess of Chester Hospital. She faces 22 charges for 17 victims. So, Dr. Davies, one of the huge problems with this case, because the the cases go back, you know, to 2015, was figuring out why these babies were dying. All of a sudden, the numbers spiked at the hospital. So what is it about this type of a crime, this type of a murder that makes it so difficult for authorities to not only investigate, but come up with enough evidence?
0: Yeah, I I think part of it is, if we think about it, people do die in the hospital. We do have emergencies that happen in the hospital, but I think part of it is just pulling it together and realizing something's happened. I, I think... Had she been killing, let's say, older people or COVID patients, it might have even taken longer to have found her to be the person doing this because we might not have thought this is unusual because these were young, these are newborn babies. I, I think they were really looking into it maybe more closely than they would be. They were more suspect, even if it was a neonatal
1: unit. I think that was part of it. Interesting. And, and the way that she did it, you know, that she's alleged to have done it is that it then manifests in a medical fashion in which you can find an answer and say, oh, well, the child was in distress. The lungs were in distress. um, There was an issue losing blood, these kinds of things. But for the most part, even though these babies were vulnerable, that's why they were in the neonatal unit because, and many of them were twins. She had a thing for twins. What is that about, doctor? I, I don't
0: know. I don't know. I think you, you make an excellent point. And, and I, my understanding is that she took different ways to do it. And in case maybe it was putting oxygen in the bloodstream and and by using different methods, that would also make it difficult because there was a, a clear pattern even though they were all happening in this one place, different methods would make you think it can't be something that somebody's doing. It's just all these individual cases that we have these horrible
1: tragedies. And the other pattern that authorities found were, you know, because obviously neonatal units are very secure. You know, you can't just go in there. Uh, There's a lot of monitoring of who's in and out. And they started to find the one common denominator and it was nurse Lucy. The other pattern that they saw was she moved to days, like, you know, cause they work around the clock. She works a day shift, babies are dying in the day. She works a night shift, babies are dying. So it almost was like whatever shift she worked on, then that's when these deaths would occur. And what, what confounds me is when she went after the twins we have we have a few of those. We're going to get into it. She she allegedly kills. She's responsible for the death of one twin. And then like within 24 hours, she's killing the other twin. Can you I can't even imagine the horror of these parents.
0: No, no. And It seems like she was so brazen in doing it to be doing it and having a parent walk in. It's just um, and we often say this. What was she thinking? Um, it's just it, it, this is just incredible.
1: Yeah, it's really unbelievable. And it was the the hospital itself, uh, the medical staff, the doctors who were all of a sudden like, wait a minute, because they they happened quickly, meaning one twin dies in 24 hours. The other twin dies of something else. It's not like it was one death occasionally where it'd be harder to find a pattern. So the spike happened very quickly and doctors were very worried. They started an investigation and they call the police Um, And that's how they start unraveling this. Sadly, they weren't able to get all of what I would say, the kind of um, evidence that you would get through corners or autopsy, because at the time with these little babies, it's so tragic. Again, initially, they thought that there were um, other reasons why the babies were dying. So prosecutors have not released the identities of the babies, Or of their parents. So during the proceedings and the court, the trial's going on now. We've got some updates for you. Uh, For the jurors and for everyone, the babies are referred to as baby A, baby C, baby C. Um, None of this is done in a disrespectful way to the victims or the survivors. It is about uh, protecting them and their parents. These families have been through enough and so the courts and the prosecutors have decided that this is the best way. So I want you to know all of you that um, we honor these these babies that we've lost and we are not being disrespectful in, in how we refer to them this is how the court is handling it and this is their decision. So let's get to the first victim here. I'm getting so emotional I I'm getting I'm, I'm just I'm so upset I'm I'm just uh, there's nothing more exciting and beautiful than that little baby, you know. The hope of life, the hope of everything. Parents are so elated. They're so excited to meet the little baby that they, you know, mothers have been carrying. It's like, oh, there you are. Now I can see what you look like. You know, it's like that moment. Oh, okay. So let's get to the first victim here. Baby A was a boy who was born with a twin sister. So sister is B. The two were born on June 8th of 2015. They were reportedly in good health, you know, breathing fine, on their own, despite being born premature. So about 8.25 p.m., this is on that same day, baby A starts deteriorating rapidly and less than an hour. This is within an hour of nurse Lucy here taking over. A half hour later, by nine o'clock, baby A was pronounced dead. Doctors concluded that the death was likely due to an injection of air into the child's umbilical Um, catheter. You know, all these babies have a lot of catheters. They have tubes up their little noses. You know, it can be very uh, jarring to a parent to see babies in the neonatal unit. (sighs) So now baby A dies. Now, according to prosecutors, she goes after his sister. A day later, twin sister baby B suffers from a sudden drop in oxygen levels in her blood nurse lucy allegedly administered a bag of liquid nutrition to to the baby even though she was not the designated nurse this would have been my first red flag what the heck are you doing caring for this baby Uh, when baby b stopped breathing the alarm sounded these alarms sound when a patient is in in a critical condition so when baby b stopped breathing that alarm sounded warning doctors of the child's severe condition. Doctors were able to revive the child and she ultimately survived the attack. It was later theorized, it was medical sabotage and the only reasonable explanation of her decline was an air bubble administered into her bloodstream. Isn't this crazy? Yeah,
0: not that I would ever be a murderer but sometimes you stop and think, if you murdered one baby, why would you turn around and go after the twin? You would think you'd get caught. It just doesn't seem logical. But of course, this isn't logical. Somebody
1: killing babies isn't logical. And the fact that we're dealing with what police are calling a serial killer here, we don't usually find a lot of female serial killers. What do you make of this? No, we
0: don't. Um, And most serial killers, in fact, most people who kill are men. About Over the time period of um, modern history, about 12% of killers in the United States are women. And then if you go down to serial killers, very, very few are women. And sometimes the ones that are women are killing with men. Um, and then others um, do tend to be angels of death, though, Um, Or taking advantage of people who are older, maybe um, occasionally we'll find a woman who's killed several husbands over time, but not something like this where it's one after another after another. This is this is extremely
1: rare. And we don't have a clear motive here. Prosecutors have said they are they are dumbfounded. They cannot find a motive here. And I think when it comes to serial killers and the cases I've covered, there really isn't a motive. There is a true defect in these individuals. Yeah, a lot of times they're sociopaths or there's some other kind of mental
0: disorder, or um they're they're out to hurt people and they get pleasure from hurting people and you just wonder what what is this nurse Lucy getting from this i'm i I wouldn't be surprised to find out she was a sociopath um you, it, It's hard not to wonder about her upbringing, but we can't it's not always parents it's
1: it's complicated. And it's not like a case where sometimes we see this with um, kind of like the, the variations of Munchausen, where you have someone who causes the distress, the problem, and then swoops in to be the hero to fix it. And we don't see that. It's not like she puts the child in a crisis mode and then rescues the baby. That's that's an excellent point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that that is we do see
0: that. Well, and especially among mothers, it's another thing. I thought about this. This is infanticide. It's the killing of newborns, of babies, when a baby is found murdered, which wouldn't usually be in a hospital. It's usually the mother who's done it. Quite honestly, when it's brand new, um, and there's all kinds of explanations. Um, usually, those are psychologically related. Um, but just to have somebody who's Essentially a stranger to a baby, killing the babies is just, just, I was just shocked to learn that this was a case I was going to be discussing or, and having heard a little bit about this case, it's just, it's just such an unusual case. I'll be curious to see if we find out more about Nurse Lucy in one way. I don't want to, because I don't want attention on people who do this, but in the other, uh, as a, a criminologist, I'm curious what did motivate her or what explains why she's doing what she did.
1: Um, Dr. Davies, a lot of times with serial killers, um, they the frequency of the killing, um, you know, can be slow at first and then police will find an acceleration in the killing because whatever pleasure their sick minds are deriving from this act they, they kind of need to do it more frequently. And that is uh, when obviously authorities are the most worried because it's, you know, you're trying to find someone because you know someone's going to be killed relatively soon. Is she? It, it seems as if it's like, it starts out of nowhere. It's like zero to 60, boom, she starts killing. And then she keeps up the pace. And I would ask you, is it possible? How could this really be the first time that, you know if she really is the killer here that this would happen it's like what is this add water instant serial killer
0: yeah what is it that did she just get so much um pleasure from this or or did, was it relieving kind some kind of tension or stress in her that she just felt that she kept doing it uh, i can't help but believe it's something psychological
1: do you believe that it is likely or unlikely that she has killed before, given this very swift pattern?
0: I don't know. I mean, if we take even somebody like uh, serial killer Dahmer, he killed a lot there before he was caught. But if you trace his history, he killed once when he was younger. So, you know, I don't know. I, he, he His case would say maybe she has. Um but I don't know. I don't know her history. I don't know if she'd been a nurse other places. I don't know. Maybe this is why she went into nursing.
1: Right. Right. It's very hard to know. Uh, the, these things are always a mystery because of, you know, we're always asking the why, the motivation, you know, if it's a love triangle, if it's a deal gone bad, if you're about to be exposed, self-defense, what, you know, some, there are answers. You They never justify the criminal act of murder but you'll be like, oh, okay. But with this one, there is just, there is no way that I will ever hear an answer that will be good enough, but it would be helpful to understand this further. So let's continue on with all these victims. According to the prosecution, Nurse Lucy's next victim was taken a few days later on June 14th of 2015. The infant, Baby C, arrived in the neonatal unit, premature, weighing less than two pounds. That is one tiny little baby. Baby C was under the care of another less experienced nurse, and Nurse Lucy was given explicit instructions to care for a different infant in that unit. These nurses are assigned. When Baby C's nurse went to the nursing station, she heard the infant alarm going off, and when she returned, she found Nurse Lucy Letby standing there next to the boy's bassinet. She reportedly asked a co-worker to be left in charge of baby C uh, prior to the incident saying that it would be cathartic for her. It would help her well-being to see a living baby in a space in a space previously occupied by a dead baby. Remember, we've had a baby die Um, station. The baby C was stationed in the same room as baby A, who had died a few days earlier. Does that give you any insight into this insanity? Yeah, I
0: wonder what her colleagues were thinking about her at this time. Were they thinking, "Wow, let's help her," and they believed her? She's such such a sociopath, perhaps that she was very believable, or were they getting vibes off of her? You know, thinking, "Wow, this, you know, who is this this Lucy nurse?" I, yeah, I wonder.
1: I don't know. She um, was able to initially revive Baby C, and there had been long prolonged episodes of low oxygen that had slowed the baby's heart rate. Baby C was pronounced dead later that day. Investigators believe he died of excessive air in his gut, that they believe that this time the nurse injected air through the nasal gastric tube. As we said, we see these babies all the time. They have little tubes and and little things everywhere. In another instance, so this is the one that just drives me crazy. So the mother of premature twins, these are babies ENF walked into the unit, saw nurse Lucy holding one of her boys. Now the baby was bleeding from the mouth or the nose area and the mother was obviously concerned. And so nurse Lucy told the mother not to worry. It's just irritation from the tube. Okay. That sounds potentially logical. And then she said this to the mother, trust me, I'm a nurse. So of course the mother believes in the medical staff five hours later, baby F was dead. I don't even know how that poor parent feels right now because if that were me, I'd be like, I should have ju- jumped in there. I should have, you know, gotten this woman off my baby. But how would you know? How would yeah. you know? You're exhausted. You've just delivered two babies. They're I bet, tiny. I bet all
0: these parents feel horrible, but they, they're not to be blamed. This, this, she knew what she was doing and she was very good at manipulation.
1: I know, I know. Oh, my God. So the doctor who was present when that twin died testified that the infant lost over a quarter of his total blood volume before his death. The doctor said he had never seen a baby bleed like this before. So an extraordinary death that, you know, immediately makes you wonder. It's like, wait a minute, something's really wrong here. But the child's death was initially ruled as being caused by gastrointestinal disorder no post-mortem was performed. As we said, a lot of vital information was lost in the beginning when when the staff just didn't know what was going on here. Uh, nurse Lucy then went after that baby's twin brother, okay? To this obsession with twins. I wonder, I wonder if something must have happened in her life to be so obsessed with these twins. So now, 24 hours after the first twin dies, she then administers insulin through the baby's feeding bag tube and baby F was revived by doctors and ultimately survived that attack. So also some of the victims have survived. Uh, One of the victims survived is a three month old baby, but this baby suffered irreparable brain damage. There were three attempts to kill this baby by injecting air into the milk. Oh my God. It's unbelievable and again we cannot figure out this this motive but the uh, investigators have revealed that after the deaths she they found in um her search history that she was obsessed following on social media all the parents is it is it tantalizing to them you know to a serial killer to she she's she she seemed to have something about
0: power and control definitely i also wonder the thing about twins I wonder if she had something about twins or in a neonatal unit, you're more likely to have twins. So maybe it's statistically just more likely to have twins there because, you know, they're born smaller. Um, So I'd be curious if there were non-twins there and if she just went
1: after the twins, because that might tell us something. There might be some insight there. There might be. I mean, it's all a guessing game at this point. It's also been revealed at trial that she sent a sympathy card to the parents of the baby that she's accused of killing in her fourth attempt you know that was the baby where she tried and tried and she finally on the fourth time killed the baby she kept a copy of the card on her phone and she had allegedly had some medical records of some of the victims prosecutors suggest that this could be like serial killers when they keep souvenirs what do you make of that does that seem like a um a possible a possibility
0: it does. And it seems like sometimes they, they keep the souvenirs to kind of relive the crime and it would seem like what she's keeping would be a way for her to think about what she's done and get whatever satisfaction she's getting out of that from looking at those souvenirs.
1: It's really sickening. In fact, you know, because this trial is going on, forgive me, um, we've got some, uh, Will, our producer, got some new details today from what happened in court and obviously time differences. So uh, today, prosecutors presented handwritten notes that were found in um, the search of Nurse Lucy's home. So it's interesting, they're being viewed as proclamations of innocence and then others seem like they could be confessions. It's kind of hard to read into things. So in one, it seemed that she was preparing to defend herself. Quote, what allegations have been made and by who? Question Do they have written evidence to support their comments? I don't think that that's unusual. Right? No. You're going to defend yourself. Whether you're guilty or innocent. Right? I, I don't read much into that. In another, appearing to be maybe a confession. I want to hear your opinion on this. She wrote, quote, I killed them on purpose because I'm not good enough. That kind of sounds like a
0: confession, doesn't it? I, it and then the, other, and the first thing you said it made me think of Ted Bundy and other serial killers, including one that I attended his uh, trial here locally, where I live, where they, the serial killers, wanted to defend themselves. They're they they're so certain. They're the smartest people that they are going to talk for themselves. They're going to defend themselves. And she sounds like she might be like that. I imagine she does
1: have a defense person, but some of that writing sounds like that. And then she ended another note saying, quote, I am evil. I did this. No, no disputing here. No, nope, not at all. Um, I, again, you know, my guess is she's going to, if convicted... Uh, she's going to be studied um, because because she's so unusual in the world of serial killers. Yeah. Although, based on what you're sharing with us, there are some patterns that she shares with some notorious killers.
0: Yeah, yeah and she's unusual because she's a woman, woman, because we don't see many killing baby. But I don't know if you remember Harold Shipman. He's another... Uh, angel of death he was in England as well he was convicted of killing 15 of his um, patients he was a doctor um, but he's believed to have killed as many as 250 oh my lord and that took longer to see a pattern because it wasn't in a neonatal unit here um, as horrible as this was at least the authorities were paying attention and, and caught on
1: yeah, and we're able to finally stop this lunatic. So, police began investigating the deaths in May of 2017. Remember, they started back in 2015. Yeah, so it took a while. Yeah, it definitely took a while for them to figure out the patterns. And as you said, because babies do die and people do die in hospitals, but statistically, there are averages. There can be anomalies, but for the most part, this was a spike. So, uh Nurse Letby was officially charged in November of 2020. Her friends and family were surprised. Uh, I read some of the comments to the reporters and they she was described as being amazing, a kind-hearted person. Don't you find with some of the serial killers certainly like a Bundy that there's a certain charm to them.
0: Yeah, often there is that, and people are surprised, um, and that's the way they're they're able to trick people into coming with them. Or in this case, the you know she said, "I'm a nurse, trust me," and the mother trusted.
1: Yeah, it's because you know when you think of a serial killer, you're thinking of like you know some horrific monster, and they are monsters. But it is always interesting to me how. Not all of them. Like there's um, there's a recent one here in the United States. Is it Sam Little? Samuel Little, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing redeeming about him, although he's a tricky one because his artwork is fascinating. And, and those of you who've been following that case, you know, he, he killed for a very long time. He's been convicted. And he helped prosecutors and the FBI figure out some of his... Victims who were, um, you know, women who were more on the fringe, uh, maybe in the sex trade, maybe addicted to drugs, uh, women who had been missing for a long time. So it was harder to, to find the victims. So what he did was he's made these portraits from memory of his victims. And then the FBI posted them. And then all these families came forward and said, oh, my God, that looks like my aunt. That looks like my mother. That looks like my daughter. And through that, it's unbelievable, this case, uh, they were able to identify more of his victims. And so, Professor, I, I, you know, I look at his art, right, and then I see a talent and I see a level of beauty and then I'm reminded, my God, this is someone he killed. Like, how do you reconcile that?
0: Yeah, he didn't even know their names. He could remember what they looked like, but he couldn't remember their names. Um, just uh, horrible. But we're, humans are complicated. When I teach uh, sociology classes, I I note that you think your chemistry class is hard, but chemicals react in a certain way all the time. Humans were unpredictable. There's so many things that. Impact how we behave. There's our chemicals, but there's also our environments. What influences us? You know, it's we're and we see patterns, but there can be exceptions to those patterns like like our nurse Lucy today.
1: I know. And she was specially trained in this area. As far as anyone can tell, there had been no prior complaints to her. You know, she was even um, mentioned in a a newspaper article when they were talking about, you know, the importance of these units and so on. So, I mean, this is someone who was well regarded, liked. And when you see the photos of her holding babies and she's so happy, I mean, really, does this woman look to you like a serial killer of babies? No. And that's the scary thing. Yeah, that's the scary thing. Well, this trial is going to go on for some time. It's expected to last six months. We will keep everyone posted on the updates on this. And frankly, let's hope for a conviction here. Our next case is out of Colorado Springs, where a woman is charged with kidnapping and attacking her Tinder date. 22-year-old Lauren Dooley is accused of kidnapping a man she met on Tinder, and on their first date, police said she actually held him hostage for five hours of this date. It sounds horrible. You know, and I said early on, um, you know, she has an innocent look about her. She's youthful, and obviously, you know, um, she's 22. But there's, you know, there are... People who, let's say, are, um, you know, very glamorous or whatever, or, you know, you see a deadness in their eyes. She seemed like, you know, based on her photo even her mugshot, she seems... (laughs) This, again, it's so disturbing. I realize we can't base anything on this, but... It is very disturbing. The victim is a 21-year-old man. His name, since he um, is a victim of crime, is not being released. He agreed to meet Lauren at her Colorado Springs apartment. Things appeared to be going well for the guy, according to the arrest affidavit, after she performed some oral sex. She asked him, let's go to the bedroom. And he's like, okay. And that's when things got first he thought of it more as I would say kinky. This is how he described it to the police that she wanted to, she bound his hands, his feet, his wrists with duct tape. And, and he said to the police, he's, he said, it's a little odd, but I went with it. So at this point, he's still agreeing here. And then she pulls out a knife and then she cuts him. And then it gets a lot worse from there. This all happened on September 28th of this year. Okay. Okay. So just initially here, Professor, what what do you make of this? There's so much in this case. There's so much
0: if this were the other way around, how we are, how we are socialized as women to react to situations had this. And I'm not blaming a victim. This guy was a victim, no doubt. But how women what we're told about going to other people's houses and things like that. So there's all that. But then just that this woman is the offender is so atypical and and so much that happened there. There's just so much to unpack in this case.
1: So what do you, you know, you keep saying that generally women are not the criminals here. So are you seeing a change over the decades or is it just that maybe we're covering these cases? So we think maybe we hear of them more. Statistically, are they increasing?
0: Um, Statistically, I don't think overall they're increasing, but we are hearing about them more. Um, Overall, and there's always underreported. there's always underreported crime, especially underreported cases of sexual violence. And it's and uh, we would expect men and women actually who are attacked by women were more likely, perhaps not reported. So we expect that to be underreported. But still knowing that of all um, violent crimes reported to police, only about two percent of them are the offenders women. So it's a very small number. But like this case, when there are women offenders, they do tend to be younger. We see it a little bit more with juveniles. Um, so this is some of the, the, the research out there. And, and this is even under-researched area, women offenders, because there are fewer. But that doesn't mean they don't exist. Um, some of them, as I mentioned, even with the serial killers earlier, some of the w- most horrendous women's offenders of sexual violence have done it with their partners. With their Mm -hmm. male partners
1: but this is a woman who didn't do that so again this is kind of an atypical case today i find that when the victim is a male whether he has been attacked by a female or another male um, in a situation similar to this i covered a case up in canada of a of a serial killer and um the man who was attacked it was the same thing he he met someone online recently moved to the area and he had the picture, they never talked on the phone, um, thought he was meeting a pretty blonde woman, and um, he, he, he did notice that there were some odd things, like the, the woman turns out to be a man, um, the woman says, or the, the date says to him, oh, I need, when you come to come pick me up for dinner, I want you to pick me up. And usually, you know, when you're meeting someone the first time, you don't want anybody near your house or anything like that. You meet them there, you tell your friend, you know, I'm going to be here at this time, call me at this time. If you don't hear from me, call the police, you know, the whole thing. We all have that worked out. And so, but the the date said, you have to drive this way, very specific route, again, Thought it was kind of weird, but people are weird, right? He drives, and it's to the back end of the house. It's a garage. And as he's just standing there trying to figure out how to get in, bam, he's whacked over the head. He's pulled in, and it and the person is covered and has a mask, but it turns out to be a man. Nearly killed the guy. Nearly. He's screaming. He's screaming, and, and no one is reacting. And you know why? Because the man, the killer oh my God, likes to make horror movies in his garage. Of course. Right? So because the neighbors know that the guy makes horror movies, schlocky movies in his garage, right? They're used to hearing people screaming for help. It's the worst possible mixture of all things in this. And so, but the man manages to get away. He manages to get away, but he doesn't call the police. Because he's so embarrassed. He doesn't even tell his friends. He doesn't. And then, like, I don't know if it's a few weeks or a few months later. Forgive me if I don't remember the exact details. This happens to someone else, but they get killed. And then the first victim is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This sounds like what happened to me. I have to go to the police. And because of him, they were able, obviously, to go to the address, all this other stuff and tie everything together. Is that crazy?
0: Yeah, it's it's one of the reasons we should report if we're victims, but it, it a lot of people don't. There, there's a lot of sh- shame in our society for that. It's, it's gotten a lot better in the 20 some years I've been a criminologist. Um, we have gotten better. We're, we recognize victims. We don't blame victims as much, um, but it still happens.
1: Yeah, sadly, it does. All right. So back to this case. Um So they're in the bedroom now and he's tied up and it's gone from a little interesting and kinky to dangerous. So she gets on top of him. This is all in the arrest affidavit. She gets on top of him and then she uses a knife to cut his shoulder. Now he's freaking out. It's like, whoa, this is crazy. And then, um, she then used her, this is according to him. He tells police that she used her bare hands to choke him and then she got a belt to choke him even further. And then she removes the belt and she checks his pulse to make sure that he's alive. Is it that she was trying to kill him or she didn't want to kill him? Then she becomes all upset because he's bleeding all over her <laughs> sheets. Well, you cut him. Of course he's bleeding, right? So it's like, what is wrong with this woman? So she demands that he goes in the bathtub because she doesn't want any of the blood on on her bed anymore. So the guy gets in the bathtub, and he's bleeding, all right? Then she's holding him hostage, and I guess she gets tired and hungry, so she orders food from DoorDash. <laughs> I don't... What is it about people that when they're in the middle of committing a crime, then they stop and they do something so pedestrian?
0: I don't know. I've I've talked to some... Um practitioners or some police detectives in the FBI. And they said, sometimes people will break into people's houses and eat their food. It's something I don't know.
1: They're exhausted. Yeah. They're exhausted and they're hungry. And, and, you know, that's just, I guess, a logical human thing. It's like, you know, she's been wrestling with this guy. It's been going on for hours, your adrenaline. And she may very well have just, it's as simple as she was hungry, but it just gives you all this like background into what the heck is going on here. And he must've been so scared because then she tells him, right? Because she's getting food and she's hungry. She says, if, when the um, food delivery person arrives, she says, if you scream or say anything, I will kill you. Now, if I'm him, I'm gonna believe her. I don't know whether I would scream or not. I think I would have a better chance. You know, you scream, there's someone out there. Maybe they'll call police. I don't know. What is what happens to people when they are the victim of a crime at this point and they they almost paralyze?
0: Yeah, they're they're trying to survive and they are going to listen to the person. I mean, they're they're doing all they can just to be alive. Imagine how frightening it would be to be in that situation where this 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 woman, you don't she's so unpredictable. So not what you were expecting out of this event. I mean, this guy was expecting to have fun, to have sex with this person. And he's in this unreal situation. Just unreal.
1: Yeah. Okay. So then after her tummy's full, she's like a bear that breaks in somewhere, right? After she has a full stomach, she falls asleep next to the victim. The guy's back in the bed. Okay. She's asleep. So this is his time to get away. He finds the knife that she was using. It was under the blanket near his feet. Now, you know, he's been awake the whole time. He manages to use the knife to remove some of the duct tape and he makes his escape. So he's collecting his things. And as he's trying to get out, he accidentally bumps into a table, makes a noise. She hears it. She runs after him. The guy runs out of the apartment naked and bleeding and she's following him. She's following him. So... This is the next part. They haven't released it yet, but this is going to be really something. So 911 gets a call and they can hear the victim on the call, but they can also hear the victim kind of in a, in a loud way, talking to someone else and they hear the other person. Okay. So as the dispatcher, what they're hearing on the other end is they hear him screaming to her, right? Right because you cut me, you were going to kill me. Okay, so he's on 911, he's yelling at her, they're in a parking lot, he's naked and bleeding, she's coming after him. When the police arrive, the neighbors are like, yeah, there's a naked man in the parking lot and there's also a woman, she's covered in blood, he's bloody, you know, and they see, police see that he's trying to back away from her. So they they have already a visual on the situation. But This is who it. The whole thing is crazy. But the fact that she takes it outside into a public area—what is it about people that have you know? If you commit a crime, you're always thinking about covering your tracks. She's not covering the tracks here. No.
0: Uh, although I, I and it, we'll find out what happens in, in the course of the case. Um, because she's not convicted, of course, and you, you're always really careful to say that um, one of the things I like about about your podcast. Um, but what what if and I don't think this happened, but I can imagine watching something on a you know crime of the week t- uh, fiction show where he actually attacked her. And this is his way of saying, no, it was it was her. And I, and, and she got she stabbed me because she got the knife away from me. I doubt that but it could always be. And we don't know until we find everything out that we can find out because it's two people. Um, And again, I, I I'm very careful not to victim blame. And he, he went there and there's a, there's a chance everything he's saying is absolutely true.
1: Oh, we see this all the time, there is a huge case that we've been covering, you know, finally that lunatic has been convicted. This is a woman who killed another woman who was pregnant and cut out her baby and ran with it. And I mean, she told the story that it was, oh, the woman told me to take the baby because she was dying. And it was like, you know, oh, it's like the attacker, right. Changes the story. And then the Vic it's unclear. Yeah. It's very possible that that might be her defense. We see that an awful lot. It's like, it wasn't me. It was him, you know, but I think at this point, that's where the forensics will come in. And based on, um, his wounds and injuries, And and her wounds and injuries and DNA, and and that will indicate a lot as to what happened in that apartment. Police searched her apartment. They found the kitchen knife near the bed. They found plenty of blood in the bathtub, blood-soaked rags. It was just a disaster. Uh, Lauren was detained, but she refused to speak with authorities. Lauren Dooley has been charged with felony counts of second-degree kidnapping, second-degree assault, menacing, And misdemeanor false imprisonment. Her initial court hearing scheduled for this morning, Thursday, October 13th. Uh, We've been monitoring it. As of this recording, we don't have anything updated. I'm surprised that they didn't charge her with attempted murder. Yeah, who knows? And there must have
0: been enough evidence to charge her with all of this, or, or they wouldn't.
1: Right, right. No, and these are indeed serious. Without question, they are serious. And he survived. Um, man, I can't wait to hear that 911 tape and uh, learn more about this case. It is, as you said, you know, you you go on these dates and you you always, you know, try and be as safe as possible, try to meet someone in a public area, you know. But nonetheless, even if they had met for a drink or a coffee down the street, this whole scenario could have still happened. It still
0: could happen. But I do think that that's something you say we always, we're two women, I think we were both probably raised, you always pay attention to this. And I think only more recently have we told guys to pay attention to this and be wary. Um, And maybe we need to even emphasize that a little more after this. this Oh,
1: absolutely. Uh, You know, I, I, I have even, I have a, you know, a young adult son. I'm even warning him and all of his friends. I'm always saying, never leave a drink at the bar. You don't know who's going to no. put anything. I know I sound like the crazy mother, but yes, absolutely. Men can, op- can, of course, be victims. And I think you have to be really vigilant. You have to be a vigilant person these days, not man or woman, person. Yeah,
0: it's unfortunate, but it's true. I, yeah. I also wonder about this case of this the Lauren if she's was on something. Just the fact that that she was so hungry that she went to sleep that she's just seemed so unpredictable. I be curious. I imagine they took. Um, well, she, she may not have. They may not have gotten any levels of. Uh, they may not have taken her blood. I don't know what she. Right you know but often we find if someone's done something they're on something at least alcohol alcohol is a common drug that Mm -hmm. so I'm just curious about that
1: yeah absolutely And again we're basing everything on the arrest affidavit and it's it's basically like a story it's the story that the victim tells the police and based on that information and the evidence gathered that they're like yeah lady you're going come on in the back of the patrol car um I We'll follow this case as we always do. You all know that we try and do that. But um, I, I do, you know, Professor, before before we go, um, you know, our cases were incredible this week and uh, we're not going to do comments. But I, I am curious, um, we've had some other professors on before, and I'm always very curious about your students and um, what it is that you all are discussing and because they're you know their their minds are firing at, at a rapid pace and i'm curious as to how they view crime or 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 you know just it's it's a different generation
0: yeah they're, they're fascinated they listen to pod they listen to podcasts a lot a lot of them are um very much curious about true crime um I, I emphasize that a lot of the murder that happens is actually confrontational homicide it's two people getting in a fight over something and it goes bad it's not always these serial killer cases and things like that but we we talk a lot about that um i emphasize i emphasize that crime is going back up It, you know had gone down when i was younger it was way up um i don't know they're 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 curious a lot of them want to go into the criminal justice field is who i have this term in my class um but they're still fascinated by serial killers they're They've lived a different life, I think, than than we have, um, definitely than I have in terms of um, they grew up, Columbine had happened. And so they've always grown up with mass murder, with that idea that that might happen. Um, So I I think they're they've grown up in a less trusting society. And in some Mm -hmm. ways, that's good because they're maybe more cautious, but it's also um, that it may make them less trusting of. It's, it,
1: overall, it's just it's I, I do believe about. I do believe that these things that happen in your youth, they, they, they stick with you and you remember them. For example, when I was growing up when I was a teenager, um, son of Sam, uh, the New York serial killer, um, he was hunting for his victims in the town I grew up in, and his victims were brunettes. He was very, very clear. And, um, I remember how challenging it was for me to get out of the house. (laughs) And my mother was just like, not only was she scared, but I was scared. I mean, I was scared. Son of Sam was on the hunt in New York city in very specific neighborhoods, looking for young brunette women. It was as simple as that. And so there was such a fear, you know, and you, how you, again, it's all about awareness, situational awareness, uh, making sure that you are, you know, keeping yourself as safe as possible. But again, when you see these serial killers out there and you see an acceleration in their killing and they're going after people, we really do feel Like, we can be the victims. That is what is so different from, you know, uh, random crimes that really upset people versus what you said is like a confrontational crime. Happened between people who knew them. They were never, they're not going to hurt me because I don't even know these people. I wasn't having an affair with that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's that that kind of fear. Yeah. I understand. The other thing I I do remember talking about students this term is a concern about missing, how many people are missing. I don't know if that comes about from listening to so many podcasts. Um, I found that different this term. And it might just been a few
1: of the women I was talking to in class. Well, I think there's much more awareness now on that. There's like about a half a million people a year disappear. They just go missing in the United States. That's an extraordinary amount of people. I may be slightly off on my number, but I'm pretty close. It's extraordinary. And so, you know, all of you who are interested in missing people, we recently had on, um, Adventures with Purpose. This is the volunteer dive team that goes around mm. to bodies of water. They've been able to solve so many crimes with their sonar equipment. They basically find cars that you know went into a body of water no one knew that that's what happened to them some of them were victims of crime some of them literally it was an accident and someone's mother disappeared so I, I think there is much more awareness about this so um, professor Dr. Davies it's been such a pleasure having you I mean I felt like I I wanted to share with you all of my crime stories from all of my career
0: <laughs> I really enjoy talking to you this it's 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 um it's interesting what we're interested in. I have a colleague who's a musician, um, teaches um, cello, and she's always like, what are you talking about now? But I think those of us who are interested in this, it, it there is something there that really attracts our attention. And um, we we do think about these cases, and it, it is um, something that, it's, it's just a curiosity for us.
1: Mm-hmm. So your book, where can we find your book? Is it, is it like a regular book or is it a textbook? I sound like a child <laughs>
0: when I ask <laughs> it, that it, question. It, it, it's a, it's, it is a textbook, but I think it reads, um, of course, I'm going to say this, it reads very smoothly. Um, I My um, students enjoy reading it. It is available on Amazon. It's not an over over the top price textbook. Um, it's not. It's um, but it, it kind of starts with how do we study crime all the way to investigation and in courts. It's kind of an overview, um, and it's like how I talk. So the students seem to really enjoy it.
1: Terrific. And if people want to follow you, are you on social media or can they find you through the university? They can definitely find me through Augusta University. But I'm also on Twitter
0: at Kim Davies. Ph.D. and Dave Davies is D.A.V.I.E.S. Probably less stuff to do with crime, but I'm also on Instagram at Dr. Davies 706.
1: Okay, perfect. I'm like you. It's like there's a limit to how much crime I can talk about on social media. You can follow me at Anna G News, Anna with one N. You can find all the episodes of all of our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our uh, True Crime Daily YouTube channel. Also sign up to receive our newsletter at truecrimedaily.com. Until next week, I'm your host, Anna Garcia. And as we always say, don't do crime.